Um, you had a music background before the, the Drifters. Wanted to know about your early life and uh, how you got into the music business. Well, I, I my, like I said, I was raised in, and I was born in Virginia, and uh, my mother was living in New York City, and she sent for me to come to New York City. And my school was right behind the Apollo Theater there, and I used to see Louis Armstrong, Count Basie, and Sammy Davis Jr., and all of them come into the, the backstage. And my mother always told me not to go backstage, you know, because uh, uh, it was very bad back then, which it was kind of bad, but not bad as it is now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh went backstage, and I was just messing around with the guys backstage, little young guys, and... Uh, the gentleman named Sammy Davis Jr. stuck his head out the door and told me to come here. And I said, he called me a name, you know, a racial name. And I told him, I asked him, who's you calling black? And he said, you. said, bring your little black butt over here. And I went over. He asked me to take his jacket to the cleaners and his shoes and get them, you know, wipe down his sign and everything in his coat. And to bring him back for it before the next show, and he gave me a job with him for about the week that he was at the Apollo Theater. And, uh, and then we met a guy named, uh, uh, Lover, Lover Patterson, uh, and he took us, uh, for the amateur show. And Sammy Davis uh, happened to be there that day, and he helped me to get with the drifters, me and Benny King, because somehow or another they, they got confused, the drifters, the drifters got confused with drinking a lot and so on, and George Treadwell hired us and told us that we had some contracted for field for him, and they start sending us down in the south, and they do the contracts and so on, and Benny King wrote the song, There Goes My Baby. Mm-hmm. With the four, and he wound up singing the song himself. It was There Goes My Baby, and it was a gigantic hit. But I want to know, before you get into the whole drifters thing, now you, you just hit on something. You went backstage and Sammy Davis Jr. gave you a job. Your mother said for you not to go back backstage. Not to it was back. right. It was right. It, I could it, see it through my window, you know. Uh, <laughs> I could see backstage Apollo from, I just go to PS157 uh, Junior High School. Now, we're getting back to that backstage thing you just, you mentioned it three times, and I just hit on something. You said your mother told you not to go backstage, but you went backstage and met Sammy Davis Jr. And then, somehow, Lover Patterson and whatnot, that whole thing happened, and then the drifters happened. Now, your mother didn't want you to go backstage because a lot of bad things happened back there. But, in the backside of the business, because it's show business, what did you know about the business side? Because it can look glamorous on the outside when you see Sammy and you see all these people. But when Treadwell finally got you uh, and he fired the other group because of drinking this, that, and didn't a question in your mind at that time about business happen, even at that time? What am I stepping into? Well, uh, uh, well well, I go over the again for you. I was shooting it. I mean, naturally, we were shooting dice. I was shooting dice with the guys, okay? This is the fact. And Sammy Davis stuck his head out the door while we were shooting dice on the sidewalk. And he asked me to take this jacket of his to the cleaners. And I bought it back. And, like, uh, uh, Sammy Davis and George Treadwell was good friends. Mm. 
George said, well, I, I think he managed Sammy Davis. I'm not sure, but I think he managed Sammy Davis at that moment. Okay. Uh, we were the, I'm, I'm, and I, I met Lover Patterson, you know, uh, after I came from backstage. Okay. Are you following me? Yep. And Lover Patterson happened to have a group named the Five Crowns, and he asked me and Benny King to join the Five Crowns. Mm-hmm. So Sandy was at the Apollo Theater when we was on the amateur show. He put a level powder put us on the amateur show. You know, so Sandy Davis, uh, he, he had something to do with, with me and meeting George Treadwell at the moment. He must have put in a good word for me or something, you know. But the Five Crowns happened to become the drifters at that time, you know. And I, I, I still blame Simon Davis for doing it. I think he's the one to put in the word for me to become a drifter along with Benny King. You what did you know about the old drifters before you uh, you started? What did you know about the, the group that you were replacing? Oh, I, I knew Clive. I didn't know Clive McFadden personally, but I knew that uh, I used to go to the Apollo and sit in the, in the balcony and uh, me and Benny King and watch the drifters uh, every time they came to the, to the, uh, to the show. You know, that, uh, Bill Pinckney and Gay Hot Thrasher and Bubba Thrasher and Lou Dave and Jimmy Oliver, the guitar player, uh, we always admired those drifters. And, uh, after, after we did that amateur show, we won the amateur show, they asked us, George Treadwell came back and asked us, would we like to become the drifters? But the drifters was also on the show with us at that moment. Wow. You know, That's he said that he said that they was going to get rid of those drifters and we could become the drifters, but we have to do some contract up for him, you know. Mm-hmm. I, when I was young, I think, you know, it had been years ago, you know, so. Uh, mm-hmm. But did you know anything about the business side of the music business, or did you hear anything about the music side of the business? The music side of the business? Yeah, because it's, it's a show business, right? So, yeah. you know, it's you got the show part, they saw you, they loved you, but now they're redoing these contracts. They're getting rid of some other guys, and now they're replacing them with you guys. So yeah. did, did anything, did, there, was there a question in your mind about what was going on at that time? No, it wasn't no question. I wanted to be a singer, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was my question, but uh, to, to travel and go to Texas and New Orleans, and places like that, I was just like a you know young kid wanting to see the other part of the world. I guess it mm-hmm. didn't matter. Money didn't matter, but I mean, we, and when we started, we were getting paid very, very cheaply. But to travel and 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 move around the globe and see these places, I mean, I, I know in my heart there was a different place than uh, New York City, you know, yeah. the other cities. And I know New York was marvelous at the time when I first came from Virginia, so. I want to see what Texas and New Orleans and Atlanta, Georgia, and all that look like. Mm. So, I mean, I just dragged along with the pack with Benny King, Doc Green, Ellsbury Hobbs, and Lovell Patterson was our role manager. Awesome. Now, what was the first song that you were able to record with the group? With the group was uh, There Goes My Baby. Wow. There Goes My Baby was the first song to come out with violin strings and tuba horns and, you know, all of that. I think it was uh, it was written by Benny King, but uh, I think Jerry Weston, Armand Eddie, kind of hooked Benny King up with Lieber and Stoller, 
And uh, it became a hit because Jerry and Mike was tremendous guys, you know. We just became one family. We used to go down Broadway and just hang around. They used to feed us, and we rehearsed songs and so forth, you know. Wonderful. On the road, now that you're a drifter and uh, mm-hmm. you uh, are able to get out and see the world, where did you play first? What was the first gig for you all? Well, uh, my first gig was, I think it was New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did New Orleans, uh, and then we came back down to Mobile, Alabama. That's where we got stranded in Mobile, Alabama for months. Wow. Now, I know it has to be a culture shock. You're from, you know, New York, basically. You came from Virginia to New York. You're talking about the deep south. You're talking about segregation. What was the wake-up call for you all when you went south? In the south? Mm-hmm. You mean when I left the south? No, when I'm, I'm talking about as now as you're on the road where, you, you know, I know that there's a difference in north and south during that time. We're talking about the early 60s and segregation. Did you see a major difference socially uh, down in the south when you were traveling there? Uh, no, not for a while. I didn't see no major difference. Uh, I, I just, well... Being that I was born in the South, you know, in, uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia, it was, mm-hmm. it was always that, that thing, you know, about black and white, but, you know, like, uh, I had to adjust myself to say that, uh, well, black and white, uh, uh, Puerto Ricans, Spanish, and Italian, oh, they buy the records, you know, they That's have right. support. They support me, so I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick a side, you know, uh, even though I would not ever, ever ignore my own race, but, you know, I couldn't pick a side, you know, in the music business. I, I just needed the love and the support. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what, that's what we did. We just, uh, we just hung out with just in different places. And there was a place in Mobile, Alabama that, where we were stranded, they were named the Cool Cat Club. and. They hired us, and, and uh, uh, Clayton Beta Grand, they hired us to sing here and there. We just go there for maybe uh, we get about 15 to $20 a piece. You know, it was, it was a place and it was something to do. It was right down our line. But meanwhile, we uh, we recorded the song, There Goes My Baby, before we left New York City. Uh, uh, me, Benny King, Elder House, and Doc Green. And uh, we was in Mobile, Alabama. And this, uh, this jockey came in one day while we were singing on the stage and looked at us and said, you guys are the drifters? And we said, yeah. He said, well, uh, they've been talking about you on the radio, and uh, I wish you would come to the station to see us in the morning, you know, because it was uh, Armin Erdick and Jerry Weston was looking for us because uh, they wanted us to record for them again. And uh but we were stuck down in Mobile, Alabama, and with no way to get out, you know. So uh, uh, we we probably could have got out to a nice another state, but not we didn't have enough money to get back to New York City. So Armin Erdogan called and he said, uh, "Where are y'all at?" And we told him we was in Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. He said, "We've been looking for you all over, and uh, we wanted to get you back in the studio." So we told him we didn't have no money to get back to. Uh, to New York City, but the people in Mobile, Alabama, they supported us. They had, like gave us rooms and and food and everything, and they were helping us along. They were gorgeous people. Uh, so he told us, said, "Well, I'm gonna send you some money." Uh, Lovell Patterson. He told Lovell Patterson this. 
then I'm going to send you some money, and you will, we will wish to have you back in Atlantic Records the following day. And then we did. We packed up, and we moved out the following day. We went to Atlantic Records, and then they recorded Magic Moments. They left, danced, and... Uh, up on the roof under the boardwalk, uh, not under the boardwalk, it was too, too early for under the boardwalk, but, uh, we were there in Atlantic and we, we just recorded over again, leaving Stola, Jerry Weston. Beautiful. Now, these songs are, I, I love There Goes My Baby, I love the, which you mentioned, the symphony and all the other, um, instruments that you just normally don't hear in quote, quote, rock and roll records. Just a beautiful, a lush, production on that song yeah. and that's my favorite you know I, I love them all but that just you know it's just magic uh, you have been with quite a few lead singers in that you know, King was a lead singer uh, and then he he left now even though people were writing songs uh, like the Lieber and Stoller and now you have Benny King uh, did he leave because he didn't get his share, or, or how did that happen? You were there. No, he left because uh, they wouldn't let her, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take his song for the drifters. Uh, stand by me. He will stand by me for for the drifters. But somehow wow. another George, George Treadwell would not uh, uh, receive the song or take the song uh, because uh, it was even there goes my baby when he he wrote there goes my baby. But uh, everyone got paid for the good book beside him. And and uh, of course the group uh, Barry Harper and uh, me and Doc Green, uh, he wrote the song that goes my baby. But uh, we didn't. Our royalties wasn't right, and he right. left. He left. He left the group because of, they wouldn't let him record "Stand by Me" with us. So he decided he would just go out and do it by himself. So I think Armin Erdogan and Jerry Whistler kind of hooked him up with Believer and Stoller with Mike and Jerry and they, they came out with the idea of, uh, of Benny recording uh, Stand By Me Alone but he really wanted the, the drifters to have Stand By Me so him and George Kirkwell really had it in the office and we heard it we heard the noise in the bakery and the back and forth we would eat each other but we we was uh, we cared not to be involved in it we were involved because he wanted to write the song for the the drifters for us at that time, and uh, but we we were involved, but we we didn't have the uh, I guess the nerve just to break in the door and say hey this and that you know we were, we was young kids and we didn't have too much, but whatever they gave us we was willing to uh, I mean accept at the moment we didn't have the knowledge of knowing uh, about contracts or anything like that you know it just. It just grew on us that we knew we were supposed to get paid for what we did. But in a regular job, where did we come from? Like $36 a week, we were working in the Gama District back then. $100 seemed uh, very, very willing, very willing to accept, you know, for the for the job of being an entertainer, you know. But And uh, it, it paid. It paid in the long run, and it's, it's, still, it's still paying, but... Uh, I still am with my own self, and I'm not getting a rightful amount that belongs to me, but I love to sing. And then also, Doc Green, the late Doc Green, the late Elvira Hartley, we all just love to sing. That's, that's the way we got into the business, because we love to sing songs for the public. Beautiful. What can you tell me about Rudy Lewis? Rudy Lewis was supposed to record uh, one of the, the songs that you had just mentioned up on the roof. 
And when when um, uh, Billy King left, um, he was supposed to, and actually he was the lead singer, right? Well, yes, yes, ma'am. Rudy, Rudy Lewis was a gigantic singer. He was, oh, he was, ooh, he had the tone, the sound. He was a tremendous singer. He come from Claire Ward, a uh, uh, singer. The Claire Ward singers, he was a, a gospel singer from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He recorded uh, on Broadway and... Uh, up on the Roof. Up, and Up on the Roof, too, man. Beautiful, beautiful songs. Other other songs. He he recorded. Uh, and when, it, when he passed on, uh, oh, man, it was true. It was miserable. For me, it was real miserable. Cause I, yeah, I, he was I, only 26 or 27. He was very young. Yes, ma'am. He was very, very young. He was very, but he was a great guy, and he was a, a, a tremendous singer. I mean, he could hold soul and rhythm and, and, and blues. He could, oh, uh, he was, he, I, 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 it, it's no word to describe him. He was just great to me. He was just great, gigantic, great. He was just a, he was, he was, a, he was him and Benny King was almost comparing, but I, I think Benny King was more in the modern music than he was, but he was in the soulful sound of the music. Mm -hmm. Up on the Roof was just amazing. You know, and I, I'm not from that generation. I wasn't even born when this music was out, and I wasn't even thought of for quite some time. But I, I listen to my grandson's music, and I listen to the voices that come through, the emotion, um, which is something that you don't get a lot in today's music. It's like the singers feel the lyrics, and then they basically just are describing. Uh, just like Up on the Roof, when you listen to what he's saying, you can actually see somebody up on a roof. And, oh, you know, just, you, you can see it, you can feel it. When you hear, There Goes My Baby, and you hear the way the songs are phrased, the emotion behind the words, amazing. That's the idea of uh, this thing to the audience, so they can feel it and see a picture mm -hmm. of what it is. You know, uh, like saying today, uh, I still hope that they don't really see a picture of what they are doing nowadays. Uh, they, uh, well, it's, it's music. It's my son type of music. So me and him get together. We argue about what the, what he's doing and what he's saying. You know, so and, and he was brought up. My son was born up, brought up still to uh, really support the older people, you know, and have respect for them. That's where I raised my kids, to respect the elders. Mm -hmm. your, your television appearances for the Drifters, what was the first one for y'all? The first song for me? Which television appearances, which shows were you able to appear on while you were with the Drifters? Well, Clay Cole was, was one of them, and uh, Dick Clark was, he did a lot, we did a lot of work with Dick Clark. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's just a, it's a whole lot of, uh, 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 what is his name? I can't call the name at the moment they're gone, and God bless them. Uh, Georgie Woods, Mitch Thomas. Georgie, oh, Georgie Woods in Philly, yeah, that was, he was a tremendous guy, too. Georgie Woods, uh, uh, uh I got one little short man in my mind, he used to wear a V t shirt all, a V sweatshirt all the time. I can't recall his name, it's Straw Hat. Really? He used to sing African songs, <laughs> you know. Wow. He was, he was a Murder K, Murder K. 
But it, it, it's a blessing what God put me into it. And I'm going to keep on loving and I'm going to keep on doing it until he called me home. I wanted to ask you, the first time I ever heard of Charlie Thomas, I had uh, seen a documentary of you. And this is before The Truth in Music came out about, uh, you know, so many imposter drifters and coasters and all these other groups. And you were in the audience watching a group called The Drifters. And not one of them was The Drifter. Yet you were the drifter in the audience and you even had an album cover to prove that you were there. I don't think. I think it was ABC News. And it was so interesting when you confronted those people and the looks on their face when you actually showed up. Um, I, I really applaud you for that. What do you think about the truth in music and, 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 and respect uh, 72 now? We're recording this before 1972. Um, people should be paid the royalties. You all should be paid your royalties. What do you have to say about these legislations that have you know, come about really within the last 15 years? Well, I appreciate the gentleman on 2020. I, I just can't stick to his name. I know his name so well, but... John Gossel, I, I, I think. I think it was John Yeah, John. Yeah, John. He, he, he set me up for this. He, he put me in. He said, Charlie, said, uh, you, you just go out there and we're going to put the camera and want you to say, just tell the truth. So, uh, uh, 2020. And so, I, they took me out under the bridge of the tribal bridge and they had a set of drifters there. So, I told them, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my, my album over there with my picture on it and see, uh, uh, what they would do, you know, so I did, I took my picture over there, and one of the guys say, um, he said, I said, uh, who are you, man, he said, I'm with the Drifter, I said, I said, well, give me your autograph, and he, I gave him that album, he signed Charlie Thomas, under my name, <laughs> under my name, so I said, well, if you Charlie Thomas, who am I, who am I, you know, like that, so one of the guys told me, said, that's Charlie, one of his friends told him, say, your name is Charlie. I said, you're right. And I went up on the stage, and they were about to go on the stage, and I told them they got to stop it. They have to stop this because it's not right. It's not in the, in the, in the eye of the public. You're fooling the public. It's not right. So they ran to the uh, dressing room, and I tried to get in there. You can tell them to give me my money. I mean, yeah, I saw I mean, you going to the trailer and everything, and they were just, you know, they were trying not to even look you in the eye. It was my money. They were stealing me my money. I even went to the guy that booked the show and asked him, I said, you, you're stealing my money. You just got that. Because we all black don't mean we all look that we, we're all the same, you know. You're taking my money from me, you know. And so give me my money. Like I said, he said, not now, Charlie, not now. I said, well, when then? When we going to court or what are we going to do? He said, not now. I said, please don't start nothing right now, you know. So I had to go and just to get it right there. So, But we picked it up later on down the line. You know, and like, uh, I, I know what I am. I, like I'm telling you before, I know what I am, I know what I did, and, and God led me that way. God, Almighty God led me that way, and that's who's looking after me right now. And they gave me the number, the name of Charlie Thomas Drifters. They said, no one can touch that, Charlie. So you take, you, 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 what you do, you gotta thank and, and love what you did for these Drifters. So we're gonna give you the name Charlie Thomas drifters and I tell them I appreciate that and but uh, and I hope everyone knows that I was a drifter. They said they will they would they told me that they would know that. They will always know that you was one of the drifters and I'm still a drifter. I don't care what they say. I got it in my heart and in my mind and I'm gonna keep on saying 
They wrote my baby magic mama saved the last dance up on the roof on Broadway. Another night with the boys under the boardwalk, count the tears. All of that, all of that is me. I'm in the background of it. But all my friends have passed on, so someone has to take the lead saying I couldn't pick no better person than me. Amen. So that's Amen. I mean, and, and I love the way you're talking. It's, it's young folks like me that are trying to bring this music forward and everything to a new generation of people and to generations, many, many generations of people. And I'm glad that you are still out there. I want to see your show. Where are you going to be playing next? Well, uh, I'm on my way to New York City. I'll be up in New York City uh, this weekend on Friday. Uh, I'll be uh, uh, somewhere around near uh, Westbury Music Fair. Mm-hmm. In Westbury. I'll be in Westbury. So they probably got it all on the radio and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the days, they had a tin can with a string on it. <laughs> and you announced it there, but nowadays they got disc jockeys and everything you want to know. And they, everybody know my business. Computers all know my business. I'm so happy for somebody that knows about me. You know, Amen. I can roll the yeah, I look forward to seeing you and actually meeting you in person and getting my my album signed. Oh, God bless you. I'd be glad to sign it. I'd be glad to sign it. I really am. I'm, I'm grateful that you called me, too, and let me do the interview, interview for you. I'm very grateful for that. You know, uh, sometimes I'll be just, just uh, holding on to the Lord and don't nobody call me. I, I don't worry about too much. They only call me for to do a job and then... Most just jockeys there call me and say, "Hey, Charlie, how you doing?" Say it's been a long time since I see you. We just sit there and talk about uh, old time, but they never record me or put me on on the radio. Not since CBS uh, CBS radio went under Don K. Reed and uh, Bobby J. and all them. They used to call me. I used to walk Broadway streets. I was raised in Broadway. And I used to walk Broadway Street late at night, and Don K. Reed used to say, one day Charlie's going to come up and say hi to us at night. It's 3 or 4 in the morning, 2 in the morning. And then Cousin Brucey, you know, they all they all looked out for me while I was in New York City. And I used to go up there and just get on the radio with them for five minutes or three minutes, you know, and say hi to the people, you know, up in Harlem and around the area, you know, so... Uh, I still miss those guys, too. I miss CBS Radio, but it still comes on, but they don't have the same fellas. They they be joining me in some shows. They be emceeing and so forth. I haven't seen them in years, but it be make my heart feel good to see all my old friends come up. And they, they, told, me, they told me when I was young that rock and roll would never die, so I'm just holding on to that, and I believe it. Oh, I believe it, too. I believe it. As long as there are the Charlie Thomases and people like myself who like to roll the, the hits and everything, and uh, I will be doing a collage of uh, the hits of the of the Drifters and uh, with this interview so people can hear the wonderful sounds and the, just, just to get the atmosphere of what it was like to, to, you know, be in that era of music. It's just beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, truly, it was beautiful. I used to go and see... Uh, Chico Hamilton, they used to be on the stage, uh, Ruben Phillips, Big Band, Count Basie, Bill Doggett, all of them used to play behind the, uh, uh, King Curtis band. He, uh, King Curtis used to blow on almost every song that we recorded back in those days. Uh, uh, Pigney and all of them used to, all, oh, it's, 
It was tremendous back in those days because everybody used to look out for each other. It wasn't no fighting or shooting and all of that. We enjoyed our little nip of wine and, and, and loving the girls and take them out to dinner and make sure that they get home safe. But we had to ask the father and mother, could we take them out? Nowadays, the guys just snatch the girls. That's not respect. That's not respect. Go see what the family is doing. If you're not sure, you don't want to... If you're not sure you, you want her, you got to check her family out first if you really want her and see what kind of family she comes from. And then you move in. Then you move in and ask her dad or mama, may I take your daughter out to this and that? Yeah, you're responsible for her life and for her to see that she gets safely back home. That's the way it was back in the days. But nowadays they've got, they got tattoos on the head to the feet and they don't care who kills her. Who looks at them and whatever it is, you know, there's nothing wrong with a tattoo. Let a guy get a tattoo, but you don't walk around like you're the Mongol of the, of the world and, and hurt everybody else because you got a tattoo on your chest. You, if you love it, you wear it proudly. Whatever you got on it, you wear it proudly. You let, ask people to respect you and you respect them. That's the way, that's what they mean by respect your elders because your elders have been there and I've been there. I've been there, so you can ask me anything from the old school, from 1954 on down. I've been there, and God is a blessing, and that's who I worship, always and forever. Well, amen. We've been talking to Charlie Thomas of the Drifters, Charlie Thomas of Drifters. This has been a blessing to get this interview, awesome information, and I agree with what you're saying about the... The music of your era was more romanticism and, and painting a beautiful picture of love. We don't have that today. No, we we don't have that. We, we got it. We got it. I got it. We got it. You, oh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I mean, that's how about the new music, uh, you know, love, love music, uh, you know, that yeah, type it, of thing. It, I just sit back sometime. I remember... Uh, like older older records that was, was recorded by Arthur Price off the very thought of you and all of that. And when I feel like down and out, I think about records like that. Arthur Price off, I mean, I made a good friend out of him, and Nat Cole, and Billy, even Billy Eckstein back in there. That was much older than me back then, and Sarah Bond and Ella Trister, but I was, I was blessed to meet all of those kind of people, you know. Did you know Jesse Blevin? Jesse Delby? Velvet, yes. It, sorry, I said Blevins, but it's oh, Just talking about the day before yesterday. Justin Velvet and Ray Peterson. Yeah, back in the days. Yeah, I met them all back in the days. I'm, I'm glad God let me meet all of them, each and every one of them. Roy uh, Hamilton? Roy Hamilton, one of the greatest things that ever touched the stage, Roy Hamilton. Yes, sir. Al Hibbler. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The Apollo had them in there. I just came out to follow. Let's say about... Ooh, about eight months ago, I felt so good there. I felt so good. I feel like I was coming back to a house that I have just ran out of. It brought me back into the kitchen of my mama's house, even the Apollo Theater did. Because the Apollo used to feed me. He had a little young boy just to run up the street. There used to be a lady up on top floor. She used to have a little kitchen there. And she used to call me out the window to come up to have a sandwich or something. Because once I went behind the Apollo Theater, I knew that's where it was at. I knew that's where it was at. And I just hung out back there. But it was kind of dangerous, too. You know, but I hung out back there so I could get some kind of knowledge or education of something, of music. 
because I really did love music. I still love music. I always love music. You know, and she used to feed me. Uh, and Mom Mabley, oh God, Mom Mabley. Yeah, I, I don't believe I met those people. It's hard for me to believe that I met those people myself. Believe me, it's very hard. You don't know, Sabrina, but it, it's beautiful. I wish I could just, you know, live that life over again. It's beautiful to meet those people. Chubby Checker, I, I met. I did a tour with Chubby Checker on the Dick Clark, uh, Dick Clark uh, show, a uh, Dick Clark. Caravan of Stars, that was it. Dick Clark Caravan of Stars. And I met Chubby Checking right now. All the only thing I got to do is say is ball game. That means the show is on and the show is off. Ball game. That's what me and Chubby always said to each other. He'll call me on the phone and the only thing he says ball game and hang the phone up and I know what he means. You know. And he's a beautiful and we still we still together. Hank Ballard, the Midnighters. The clothes, the Oreos. I live right next door to one of the original the Oreos, the blind gentleman. His name is Diaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's tremendous. Did you ever meet Bobby Lewis? Oh, yeah. I talked to him about three days ago. He, he's, he's doing, uh, he's still here with us, but he's just, just everybody hit a few bumps around him growing up. You know, so he, he can hardly see everybody. He always feels, he feels his way, and he, I think he lost his legs too, though. But I, I always speak to him, I speak to him, he asked me to come up and do a show for him on this and that, you know, and I'd be glad and willing to go up to do a show with him. Bob Lewis is a tremendous man, he's still tremendous. I love him, I love him until forever and ever, because uh, we, we back in the days we had little rooms, in a hotel, but the, with the kitchen in the hallway, it didn't cost you no more than about, uh, for, for one night, it cost you about $20 a night, or, or even 550 a night, that's what it cost, $5.50 to get you a room down in New Orleans, uh, down in Mississippi, down in Tupelo, uh, we, we, I've been all down in that area, you know, and, but, but and people were real friends back then, but they never, they never, I mean, I'm a black man, and they never showed me no kind of prejudice down south. And I know I was brought up down south, I was born down south, but I never even had prejudice when I was a kid before I even joined the Drifters. I don't know. I think the Lord had a good shield on me. And He blessed me to get into this, this thing called music. And I'm so happy about that. And I met, I got it, I got a, I got a friend named Jack Colombo. He's a beautiful keyboard player that you ever want to listen to. But his father passed on recently, and he just disappeared out of my life. And I don't know what happened to him. And that's been bugging me and worrying me. It's been about eight months now. I don't know what happened to him or wherever. You know, so uh, I got a show coming up with one of his friends, and I asked him to look and find him. That that's kind of lost in my life there for Jack to just walk out of my life like that. But right. he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful keyboard player. And he has a magnificent family. And I'm hoping that he's okay. And I just hope that I can say hello to him again and, and sit down and have a beautiful conversation with him. We talk about music all the time, him and I. He lives up in Massachusetts. He's a keyboard player, and he's the most marvelous keyboard player that I have ever worked with. He worked with me for years and years and years, and all of a sudden he walked out of my life. Oh, well, maybe we maybe you'll hear our show. 
And yeah. Um, and you, in the meantime, with his friend, you guys will be back in touch. What do you think about um, uh, life now? Uh, we just lost Benny King, and a lot of people, you know, had put in a lot of tributes. Uh, how do you feel about that? And, uh, you know, well, what was he? Who, who is he? What kind of person was Benny King? I know he was a tremendous talent. Yeah, he's a very, he had a tremendous talent. What kind of person he was, he was an open person. He was, he was an open, just the same as me. If you, you, you listen to me and, and you, you talk to Benny King, because we both had about the same personality, but I couldn't write one music of this and that. I write a song, but you know, I don't think people would accept it, you know. That's how afraid I was. Benny King would write a song and he'd throw it out there and say, I know you're going to love it, and that's it. But I never had that kind of feeling. He, he's a great guy. Benny King was one of, one of the best fellas that ever walked this earth. Believe me, he was. And everybody would tell you that. Benny is the most gracious guy. And, uh, hey, you can, you, you, you have the clothes off his body. He'll give you the clothes off his body. Just say, hey, Benny, give me that belt. He'll pull it off and give it here. Like that. He'll give it to you, whatever it is. He, he's one of the best guys that ever walked this earth. He was my best friend. He was my best friend. I'm not just saying I was talking about him because he was my best friend. And he were. He came from Carolina. I came from Virginia. We joined the drifters together. We got a story to tell each other. And as we got older and older, we just we never part depart. We never depart. And his mama was the greatest person on on the globe to me outside of my my mama. But she took me on her wings. She, she just guided me and told me don't do this and do that. She's a tremendous lady. She's still a tremendous lady. And Benny King is that old man. I just thought, I, I, only thing that bothered me that he didn't get what was due to him. He should have been a trillionaire. I mean, but he, he was a good writer. He's, a, he's one of the best writers. One of the best writers that's a pencil or paper. His Benny King was, was it. And uh, if, if anything deserved, if anyone deserved to get that trillion million dollars, it was him and his family, you know, because he really did. He opened his heart to the world. He he opened his, his doors to the world, and he never locked anybody out. Never did. You've been listening to the Building Abundant Success with Sabrina Marie. Copyright February 3rd, 2023. Stay tuned for part two.